welcome to another episode of Living Room Bible Study. On today's episode, we tackle the question, are you a worrier or warrior? Listen in as Cliff Roy Jr. discusses the effects of worrying on our mental and spiritual health. And pow, everything going live. So we about to roll this out. So look, guys, tonight's tonight's question is: Are you a warrior or a warrior? Right. Um. We're going to be going out of Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42 um, for the message. I was I was reading that and I got excited while I was putting the message together. They're like, wow, you know, it's amazing how you can find such big or great things in small sections of, of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't like to like, let's cover a whole chapter. I like to grab these little nuggets throughout the Bible that are practical to day to day living. So in the introduction. The focus verse, we're going to read it. Um, anybody want to volunteer to read it? All right. Wait, that's 38? Uh, 10, yeah, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. As they were traveling along, Jesus went into a village. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to him talk. Martha was upset about all the work she had to do. So she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you worry and fuss about a lot of things. There's only one thing you need. Mary has made the right choice, and that one thing will not be taken away from her. Now I hope that reading this has got your brain kind of spinning. Because there's a small section with a lot going on that we can relate to. Now, me and Rita were talking about this, and I'm like, I see, I saw me in there. Because I ain't got, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't married every day, but I saw, I'm like, I have some Martha moments that's going on. And I've read this passage before, and everybody said it before, but I like, I looked at it, and I'm like, hold on, man, I've been Martha sometimes. But I don't want you to say your thoughts yet. Don't go with the message, right? So watch this. So here's the introduction. Christianity doesn't make you immune to the frailties of human nature. Have y'all figured it out yet? And recognize it? Because for some reason, we feel like when I gave my life to Christ, I was emotionally bulletproof. Ain't nothing can touch me. At least that's how I felt in the beginning, right? You feel the Holy Spirit? Boy, ain't nothing. You can't make me mad. I'm the devil is alive. What would Jesus do? Boy, we had all the quotes and nothing could touch us for about two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But here's the thing is, I want us to be knowledgeable Christians. That you are basically not immune. So don't go around thinking that nothing can touch me. Because when you say nothing can touch me, Sure enough, the devil says, oh, yeah? He going to do like, remember that kid? Josh, remember when you was little? There was always that boy that put his finger and says, I'm not touching you. I'm not, I'm not touching you. They get close enough to irritate you. <laughs> Brittany still do it to you, right? 
Look, here's the thing I want you to know. Christianity is a, it actually makes you more aware of it. That's the conviction part, right? When all of a sudden the things you did naturally have been on mind to, now all of a sudden you realize, man, I'm a bit emotional. I get angry. You start to see all of this stuff in you. So Christianity is about revealing the, 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 the imperfections so that you can work towards being perfected in those areas. So the word of God doesn't promise to take away all of our frailties instantly, right? Because somebody believes that. That the word of God promises. Have y'all found out in the Bible where it says that the word of God says, hey, you ain't going to have no problems here on earth? Nowhere. But for some reason, why do we find ourselves operating like that's the case, though? Am I the only one that did that? Yeah, I got the word, man. I'm good, you know. I'm proud. What? And we shock when trouble comes our way. Are we in disbelief whenever we get out of character? Now, I'm not talking about the ones who plan to get out of character. Because I've I heard somebody once say, let me step out my Holy Ghost suit. <laughs> That's planning to get out of character. I'm talking about when you did something in your early Christianity and you knew it was wrong, you walked away saying, I can't believe I did that, and you felt bad. But you also couldn't believe, wait, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I ain't supposed to be doing that. Like it was magic. Like it was instantly going to fix everything, right? But here's the thing I want to do. But it promises to teach us how to overcome them. That's in the Bible. So look at this. James chapter 16, verse 33 says this. These things have I spoken unto you. Now, Jesus said, I'm speaking to you for a reason. That in me, you might have peace. In the world, you should have tribulation. So it says, okay, in me, you're going to have peace. But in the world, what's going to happen? There's going to be a little trouble going on. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There, he's an example. He went through it. The Bible says you have not a high priest that can't be touched with the feelings of your infirmities. But his promise is to make us an overcomer. That's a long-term plan, right? Kind of like saving money. You start saving today, you ain't going to have the money you, you, you need for retirement. It's going to take time. And it's a process. And you know what? Natural disasters are going to still happen. Things that affect your savings account are going to still happen. Nevertheless, you got to stick to the process. So it says, when we worry, it is a sign... That we do not yet understand how to be an overcomer. Can anybody admit to that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, we worry because we don't know how to be an overcomer yet. We're still trying to figure some of this stuff out. It, ain't, it don't just come natural. You know, I know they got the super Christians who could pretend it away and still have a messed up life. But I'm talking about being a real Christian for a change. One that says, okay, I, I see what's wrong and I'm working on it. It's revealed and I'm working on it. Not, let me pretend it away. Because we know how to dress up a problem, don't we? Yeah. Oh, we know how to dress up a problem. We do. But if we're going to be real, Christ, do you ever recall reading anywhere where Christ was covering up a problem? No. He was in the flesh and working it out as he was going. And here's the other part I like. Do you ever recall his disciples pretending? There was only one that did, but the rest of them. Did they, were they all real? I mean, Peter was as real as it came. His personality was like, man, be far from you. He had a little pride. Yeah, but he took it like a man. <laughs> His correction and got it together. And you know what? When it got hard, he gave up. These are the people we say are the apostles of the Bible. But look at the realness of them. When the last time, don't answer this, when the last time you've been that real with yourself? 
When the last time you thought you could tell Jesus what to do? You better go back and listen to your last six prayers. You see, was you telling him what to do? Or was you asking him what you need to do? Uh-oh. Y'all caught that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so what is worry? So here's the deal. Worrying is feeling uneasy or being overly concerned about a situation or problem. Now, has anybody experienced that in recent times? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Start worrying, right? I think we all had a little something to worry about. How about y'all, Bolton? Oh yeah. <laughs> I know for me, I know for me, the situation like with Jay with school is something I worry about a lot because he's been through so many changes, like from just going to different schools to different teachers to different friends and mm-hmm. us changing things between right. discipline skills to just how he's going to learn one thing or the next thing. Right, right, right. So it says this. The question I had was what kind of things do you worry What kind of things do we normally worry about? And that was a good one, Brittany. Mainly the things that are out of your hands anyway. Right. Like money, Let me, yeah. Say that again. Money. Any, anybody worry about money? Yes. Sometimes, not all the time. Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> not when you're your boss, right? It's like every time a bill shows up, all of a sudden we get worried. <laughs> like me, look, when school starts, I get very anxious about money. Because it seems like the children come home every day with another fee. And then like, this goes on for like two, three months. And I'm like, man, are they going to private school? <laughs> I get worried. Can I can I make the ends meet? Um, I get worried whether my attitude is pleasing to my wife. I get worried sometimes. I wonder what she thinks about me. Um, sometimes I worry about what other people think about what I'm doing. I ain't gonna just act like I'm bulletproof. Look, I am strong and I can make it on my own, but there are moments when I'm like, I wonder what they think. That's moments I wonder, God, is this ministry right? There's a lot of worry, a lot of things to worry about. The more things we got around us, the more we got to worry about. We always talking earlier about tires. You drive, and guess what you think about? Man, I hope this tire don't bust. Because I ain't got the money for no $300 tire. That's the kind of thing you worry about. A lot of things, right? With excessive worrying, your mind and body go into overdrive as you constantly focus on what might happen. What might happen sends you into overdrive. Yeah. Sometimes you picking up more hours at work because you might need some extra money. Because I know some things about to happen. You don't know that they're about to happen, but you think about to happen, right? No. Why are you laughing, Rita? What you got? I was looking because Casey was calling me. Oh. Oh, Lord. Lord, please block the child. She just messed up the live. All right, so. Do you predict, let me ask you a question. Do you predict the outcome of situations before they happen? Yes. All the time. I have a plan B, C. I'm talking other night. Right. Losing sleep on Sunday night, trying to prepare my mind. What's going to happen on Monday? Right. How about this? You ever needed to talk to somebody and was hesitant, but in your mind you had the conversation already played out? Yes. Yep. (laughs) Rehearsing. You worrying. Yeah, you rehearsing. (laughs) 
Right. 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 Uh, hey, Brittany, most of the time it ends up being a premeditated argument. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what ends up happening. Because you begin to interject, and the person that ain't what I was saying. They correct you. Because you already answered. You asked, watch this. You know how I know? You ask a question and then you answer. For the person. And then I'm going to say, where you was at? Uh, <laughs> you was at the place on the corner. Yeah. Where you was at? Oh, you was probably over there at the store. Right. right. <laughs> you asked the question, then you answered it. So these are things that we do. We're predicting what might happen, right? Right. So, okay. What happens with excessive worry? This is where I want to get to. Watch this. In the midst of excessive worrying, you may suffer with high anxiety, even panic during waking hours. You panicking at work. Oh, we won't get to the sleeping part. But you awoke. The thing about it, people know you work. You know how you know they know you work? Because they look at you and say, what's wrong? Nothing. And you, the, 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 the biggest lie every Christian tells is what? What's the answer? Nothing. Nothing. I'm dead. I'm like, if, if, if we go into hell for lying, then guess what? Most Christians I know will be in hell. What's wrong? Nothing. How you doing? I'm all right. No, tell me the truth. Tell me you just don't want to talk about it. That's the truth. I'm not prepared to put this in words yet. But we say nothing. Is that the truth? Or is that a false statement? False statement. Right. That's what we want. That's right. Yes. (laughs) The lie detected test determined that that was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So we lie now, I know this is hard to swallow. As Christians, we lie pretty often. Am I right or wrong so far? You're right. You're right. These are the little things we ignore. It's just part of, oh, I was just responding, you know, that's just something I say. No, it's a lie that you learn. Because guess what you get good at? Whatever you practice. It becomes a habit. You don't even think about it no more. You know how it all started, though? From worry. I told you nothing because I was worried about how you might respond. I told you nothing because I was worried that you might tell somebody my business. Y'all follow where I'm going with this? Yeah. Worry is the source for all of this stuff. Has anybody, has anybody ever worried about the fact that they were worrying? Like, oh my God, I'm worried about this stuff. It's going to bring sickness upon me. Or blah, blah, blah. Like, you get anxiety about your anxiety. I heard, right. <laughs> I heard somebody say, I worry too much. <laughs> They know they were. They worried about how much they were, right? Right. They're anxious about the anxiety. (laughs) Many chronic worries tell a feeling, a sense of impending doom or unrealistic fears that only increase their worries. What might happen? You just went through something, right? Yes. I'm sure when you lay down at night, all these thoughts going on. Man, you done probably planned your own funeral. What what Jules is gonna do without me? You done went that far into it. Right. You ain't even made it past the test. You ain't been diagnosed, but you in the grave already. I'm in the grave and he growing up without his mama. His daddy ain't had it right. Man, my mama my mama she too old to take care of him. Man, he gonna be a foster man. She she in the grave. He in foster care, getting abused, he done turned out to be a child that's in prison. All of this done happened laid down in one session. Because <laughs> you were. 
Is that how the mind that operates? Yes. That's it. If I get to worry about my time, my car, I'm thinking, man, with a tire bus while I read on the world, I'm going to be at work, man. And then I'm going to be at work. I ain't got a ride to get to it, man. I don't know if we got the money. Where am I going to get a tire from? I don't know who got a truck. I mean, this is what happens. Reader going to be mad. Then she going to get anxious and worried about, Lord, what's happening? Her faith, my mind, I, look, I go through it too. Some of us just make it look like we're handling it better, but worry is worry. You got to train yourself. You got to learn the word of God to get out of this stuff. And you got to practice that immediately. I like this one though. Ultra sensitive to their environment and to the criticism of others. Excessive words may see anything in anyone as a potential threat. Boy, you don't want nobody to tell you nothing. Get out of my business. What you trying to do? You sensitive. You get mad easy. You jumping. You paranoid. Because you worry. Y'all ever been there before? Ultra sensitive people? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Brittany acting ultra sensitive. <laughs> so here it is. Our worrying can make us ultra sensitive. Most of, there was a time when somebody, look, you'll recognize it because somebody joking with you and you get mad. <laughs> now, I'm going to talk about the men for a minute. We, we hold it together. We look like we're all together good, but that's what we do. Man, sometimes my wife is joking with me, and I, and I respond seriously. And like, Baby, I was just joking. And I try to brush it off, but the fact was, in our man cave, we thinking about the finances, the house, and all. We, we really worrying. We call it, we say, we were planning and meditating on a few things. No, we was worried. That's just I'm, I'm gonna be the first man to say I was worried. I'm worried about stuff, and all of a sudden, the thing that she's joking about ain't funny to me no more. And it was funny yesterday, but it ain't funny today. You ever had an expiring joke? <laughs> yeah, something that was funny to you before, but it ain't funny now. You, tell, you play too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you play too much, <laughs> brother. You you know you got to say jesting for the right time. We start hitting you with scriptures all of a sudden. <laughs> They're jesting and joking at a time that's not convenient. That's what we do. So you can become ultra sensitive. Now here's the other part, right? Like What's that? I said that sound like Josh. <laughs> the joke not the same no more. And I joke every day. He told me yesterday, you think everything's funny. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> that's us. How worry affects your daily life? Okay, here's some of my things. Chronic worry can affect your daily life so much that it may interfere with your appetite. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to raise my hand on that one. Lord, that's me. When I get upset and worried, I, I don't eat. I lose my appetite. Other way and some people's other way around. <laughs> so if I would just use the word appetite, some lost appetite, some gain appetite. Some of us going to just fast our problems away and some going to eat our problems up. That's what we're going to do. We're going to become unhealthy doing it. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Lifestyle habits. Some people's promiscuity is because they work. Sometimes a woman sleeps with a man because she wonders if I'm going to go find a husband. Sometimes a man sleeps with a woman because he's searching for a wife. He worried that he ain't going to be the right one. It's taking so long, Lord. Some people resort to drugs and alcohol. Because they're trying to douse out the worry. My mind can't stop. 
I don't know what to do. People are like, where they find they broke? Where they find money for alcohol and drugs? They're trying to self-medicate. That's what people do nowadays. Their lifestyle habits. Some people, <clears throat> if you drive out to pass a club on Saturday night, most of the people are worried about it. They don't have a job. You go in there and talk to people, have a real conversation. Most of them, man, I'm just trying to live my best life. <laughs> they all living their best life. <laughs> Because they worried about, am I going to get cut from the job? Might as well have fun right now. This will worry, worry will lead you into bad choices and decisions. Yeah. People worry so much that they ain't going to ever have the money to go on vacation and put it all on the credit card. 23% interest rate. Swipe it. We don't know if we're ever going to make this trip. Might as well take it now. They rush into it. It can mess up your relationships. Worrying. See, there's a lot of words that we use. We don't recognize that they're closely related to the source, which is worry, right? What you think a jealous spouse is? Worried. Exactly. They worried, right? What do you think trust issues are? When you don't trust your spouse, now like we ain't talking about just like in a sexual way, but with the money or with the management or something, when you don't trust them, what is that? Worried. That's worry, right? Y'all see how worried and snuck his way into... You see how word and snuck his way into our lives? Yes. All over the place? Wow. If you want to break it down, keep it simple, we worry about everything. Thank you. It can affect I'm your... Look, like, it can affect your sleep. Yes. I dream about work sometimes. Look, she dreaming about worrying. About what? About worry? Work. 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 Oh, work. Same thing. They start with the same first three letters. <laughs> W-O-R. Okay. <laughs> right and job performance right people would throw you under the bus in your job because they worry about how the boss gonna see them yeah they, they did you dirty because they was worried about it. they don't really hate you they just worried about their position they worried about getting looked over they worried about not getting a promotion they worried about not getting positions so they got enough money to pay for the thing that they're trying to get Job performance. Some people operate a certain way simply because of work. Nobody really gives me attention, but on a job, the boss gives me attention. So I'm worried that I'm going to lose that if I don't do everything the boss say and go tattletail on you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can take a picture with my boss for, for, for boss day, so. <laughs> Somebody worried about that. They're going to they throw you under the bus. They might. Look, one employee on the job was so worried about me, right? What I did is I had my book on the job and my cards, and the patient was asked about it. So there was an anonymous report that went out saying that I was leaving my book out there and I had my cards that said the price of the books, and they, they tried to talk to me about this. the report that they didn't plan out too well because it said the caller said they tried to resolve it with me, but one person talked to me. So I knew who the anonymous caller was. But they reported it because they was worried. About what I don't always know. I can say they were jealous, but then what does that mean? Back to worry again. So I dealt with it on the job. So I recognize sometimes when people worry and it affects me, I have to do like Jesus. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They don't know what they're doing. All they don't know, some people, all they know to do is worry. And it comes out in their actions and their job performance. So, how are you responding? No, 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 I'm sorry. The habits associated with worry. Many people who worry excessively are so 
anxiety written that they seek relief in harmful lifestyle habits such as overeating, cigarette smoking, using alcohol, using drugs, shopping, staying on the internet. There's a lot of things that we can list. It's we're trying to avoid the real issue. Because that's what us warriors do. We don't want to deal with the real issue. We want to deal with the surface of something. And we try to mask it right there. So this is useful in your, in your witnessing. When you talk to people, when you witness the love of God to them, know this. Don't preach to the vice. Preach to the heart. Because I've seen people do this, right? If somebody's smoking a cigarette, do you think that you telling them that they're defiling their temple is enough to make them put the cigarette down? Has that ever worked? Oh, you show me the person that said, you know what? I think God, somebody told me I was to follow my temple. Man, I stopped smoking immediately. Really? Has that worked for any of y'all yet? No. You ever preached a beer out of somebody's hand? No. I'm not saying we don't address the wrong, though, but you teach people how to get out of that. But the issue that got them doing that is what we should be looking at. What are you worried about? Think about what have you opened up? Say, man, I see what you do. Man, actually, what you worry about the most? What if you open up your witness like that to somebody? You think the you think the opportunity to tell them the love of God might change or become even easier for you? We got to get beyond that. But hey, we got to ask ourselves that. What am I when I'm acting out out of, out of what God wants? What am I worrying about? What's really bothering me? And guess what? I should be praying about the very thing I'm worried about. But we don't do that. We push that to the side. We just get down and say, oh, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in my life. I know all things can be done through you. I accept it. We don't say, sometimes I say, say, God, I'm worried. You know what? This bill, I mean, look, I did the math. The amount of hours I'm working, the money I'm getting paid, it just don't seem like I'm going to catch up. But if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So what you've been talking about with God? He said, cast your cares on me. Cares or worries to him. But no, you know what? I feel God will tell you all my problems, man. And you know what we end up doing? We end up juggling worries. He throw me his words, I throw my worries. We're going back and forth. It's like a worry competition. <laughs> Husband and wife do it. Sit down and all we're going to talk about is what the problems are. Somebody needs to talk about the problem, they don't need to bring up solutions. But no, you know what, me and Regal, you talking about, man, we ain't got enough for this. Man, we need to do it. Yeah, we sure do, man. What, what is that? That's a, that's a good part about, uh, I like that when one of us is worried about something, the other one, <laughs> you know, is in a position to be the positive one and encourage right. one and vice versa. Yes, indeed. And then, and then doing the topic. Was that? Yeah, that's right. So, how are you responding to Christ? So let's get into the story. Verse 38 and 39 says this. As they were traveling along, Jesus went into a village. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now I want you to picture this as we're saying, right? He in the village, a woman named Martha welcomed him. Oh, come on in, Jesus. Have y'all welcomed Jesus into your life? So we all got that far, right? So we identify with Martha already. We all say, Jesus, take control. Have your way. I want to be saved. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Welcome, Jesus, welcome. We all done that, right? Come on into my house. So she had a sister named Mary. So 
for the sake of the dialogue or just for emphasis, I want you to imagine that Martha is your flesh. Mary is your soul. Y'all got that? <laughs> Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to him talk. Stay with me now. So here we find two people that welcomed Jesus into their home, yet they chose to respond differently. Jesus is in the same place. Two different people in his presence respond differently. Hmm. Christianity is kind of complex, huh? I thought we was all supposed to be robotic and all do the same thing. Mm -mm, don't work out that way. Have you welcomed Jesus into your life? Is everybody, is everybody watching and in here have welcomed Jesus into their life? So we've all done that, right? So we're all on the same page. This story reveals two different responses to Jesus coming in. One of them is you can work and worry and be the worry. Or you can sit and surrender and be the warrior. Uh-oh. I think this is making sense to some of y'all. They got quiet over there. You either work and worry, because that's the problem, right? We're trying to work our way through it, and we're still working at the same time. Or we just sit and say, you know, I'm going to be still and let God handle this. Not that I don't do anything, but I'm not going to work is when you're trying to make your own effort outside of the norm to make things happen. Straining your brain. So watch this. Here's the characteristic I want to talk about, the warrior. Let's talk about who the warrior is and how they look, right? It says, but Martha was upset about all the work she had to do. Y'all ever felt like that? Yes. You look at everything you need yeah. to do and it kind of upsets you, bothers you. Man, I, gotta, I ain't got enough time in the day to do this. I've been up all day doing this, doing that. I went to work 12 hours a day, come home. I got to do this. Man, I got too much to do and not enough time. A weekend off is never enough. You get to work back on Monday. How was your weekend? Too short. <laughs> That's what we do, right? It's never enough time. So she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Just listen, just follow the story. Y'all hear Martha? Okay. <laughs> the thoughts of a worrier. Worries frequently experience emotional overload. Frequently. They get overloaded quick. It don't take much to get them overloaded. They squint their faces and they pause you in the middle of your conversation. I'm like, well, ah, hold on, I, I can't deal with all that right now. They got low tolerance for info. They emotionally get disrupted quick. Don't take a lot. All of these emotions happens in the presence of Jesus. Now realize Martha was in the presence of Jesus Christ. We know this. Here's all the emotions. Martha felt obligated. What did Martha feel obligated to do? Huh? Yeah, the work. Martha felt obligated to work. She felt, did Jesus come and say, hey, you need to get a work woman? No. No, he did not. But she felt like she needed to do that. So she felt obligated. So Martha became upset. I love the fact you can see yourself in it. Like Daniel said, that was her house. So what was she more worried about? Jesus being there or her house? Uh, let me rephrase that. Which house was she more worried about? Her natural house. Uh-oh. How she looked to Jesus. 
Oh, we getting I somewhere. Look to Jesus. Martha became upset. What was she upset about? Mary was just chilling. Yeah, all the work I gotta do, and Mary just sitting down doing nothing on her tail. I worked all this time. I'm about to use the boat as an example. This ain't a real example. I'm gonna just use y'all. <laughs> Brittany, like I've been washing clothes, and you know I hate doing the laundry, and they got dishes, and I've been chasing, chasing. I was sun around all day, and Josh come back from the radio station and sit down. Josh, how you gonna just sit there while I do all the work? That's a lot of. How are you gonna sit there? She said, "How are you gonna sit there?" Hey, look, you get worried and, and, and upset when you working and somebody's sitting down. Look, I know, look, I got this little thing. I, I don't think I ever told my wife this. Even if I'm tired, I feel guilty if she got work to do and I'm sitting down. I do. And I may need the rest. But I'm worried about what she thinking about. I'm like, man, she want to do my wife think I'm lazy? She think I don't want to help? That's going on in my head. But I know my wife, she's like, baby, you need to rest. I got this. But I'm worried about it. Is she worried? No, I'm, I'm laughing because on days like when we're going to have Bible study, it's always been this way since we first, when we first started our marriage, marriage group. Like on days when we were getting ready to have Bible study, and Cliff would just be laid back, relaxed, preparing the message, and just calm and peaceful. And I'm sweating, washing dishes, cooking, cleaning, trying to make sure everything's cleaning in my mind. I'm like, oh my God, why does he help me? They got people coming in tonight. <laughs> That's the perfect story. And what was I doing? What did you say I was doing? You calm and peaceful, preparing the message for everybody. But I dare not say anything because he's doing the right thing and it's for me to but I'm hot and I'm tired and I want to sit down. <laughs> like I am so Martha and I hate that. <laughs> wow. Love it. So look, Martha felt alone. Why did Martha feel alone? Because her sister left her to go be, be with Jesus. Right. Like nobody helped me. I'm by myself. It's just me. How many times you hear some single mother say that? Yeah. It's just me taking care of the baby. I ain't got nobody by my side. Yeah. That's an honorable thing. That's a good thing. But does it still not sound like Martha? But you got Jesus though. You invited Jesus in your yeah. life, but you still talk about how I'm still done about Jesus been like, woman, I've been providing for you. <laughs> I gave you an opportunity. I promoted you. You got me still worried about that dead beat. Talking about you by yourself. I thought it was riding down me and you. <laughs> Jesus sitting over there like me, you know, I got my bumper in the law, huh? Like I ain't been doing this for you. Matter of fact, we made sure you was breathing this morning and you still weren't about him. But that's what we do. But that's Martha. She felt alone. Martha felt abandoned. Who abandoned Martha? <laughs> Brittany, who abandoned Martha? Herself. Yeah, technically it was herself. But who she blamed her? Mary. Yeah, Mary left. <laughs> Mary left me. She knew we had something. We had to get the, the food together. She left me in the kitchen. Martha felt overwhelmed. What became overwhelmed for Martha? The fact that Mary wouldn't help. Right. 
the work, right? The work became overwhelmed. Man. Martha probably felt like if Mary come and pitch in, then we'll get it done quickly, and we both right. get it at his feet. And miss out on Jesus. Exactly. Jesus like, man, I'm over here. I'm waiting on them. They're busy getting up the house, man. I got some rope. Because we're going to defend who we are. <laughs> Right, right. Hey, but oh, hold on, Josh. Wait, this is a good point. We're gonna talk about that. Josh made a good point. We should have had our act together already. The workload happens when we wasn't prepared to begin with. Now we want everybody else to come and help us and get it together. It goes back to the fact that it's Martha's fault to begin with because how you invite somebody over to your house and you know your house is ready. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen something. that Martha. I, oh. I ain't with you on that one, Martha. I'd have been ready if I knew they was coming. Well, <laughs> a good household is managed regardless. Right. So. Yeah, I think back then they didn't have all the stuff we had. They didn't have a refrigerator to clean. They didn't have none of this stuff. They didn't have the oven to, to spray out. They didn't have a dishwasher. The kids running around. The kids so outside. She, to cook. she was cooking. Okay, so how well, many people could go to the store at one time? On a fire. I don't know if they had a four fire burner going on over there, but. What was that? Chicken smothered over there, green, pot of green. Rally is. Right, the reality is with that, that there's somebody needed to be engaging Jesus while he was in the house. But Martha couldn't see nothing better beyond the world. Right. Good story though, Reed. I like the fact you brought that in. Okay, here's the actions of a warrior. Huh? You said Jesus was being messy? No. Just because he told Martha he was like married and made her choice. We're going to get to that, though. We're going to get to that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Bible says, let God be true and every man alive. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> Martha was so overwhelmed that she told Jesus what to do. Did y'all catch that part? She said, tell her to help me. I like Jesus said, Martha said, Jesus, you tell her to help me. Now this is now let me right or wrong, is this not Martha's house? Yes. So Martha was probably the big sister. She's probably the older sister. And she's over there like, you need to tell her to help me because she ain't listening to me. She see me working like this and over here busting my tail and she ain't gonna she gonna just sit down at your feet. Uh-huh. Tell would you Jesus, would you tell her to help me? You ever had somebody try to tell you something by way of somebody else? <laughs> Hmm. Yes. Hey, hey, Angela, uh, Sharita said. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the. That's why we use that that terminology. Don't shoot the messenger. See, Martha was trying to get Jesus into it with with Mary. She was trying to say she didn't want to confront Mary in front of Jesus because we're still trying to make her her personality shine. I got all the work I'm doing and 
I'm gonna let I know what I'm gonna let the law tell her that she wrong. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so what you gonna do when the law is in your house? You like, hey, I need to work this out. <laughs> <laughs> so watch this. This is the attribute that I found. This was me. Do you become bossy when you worry? Yep. Yes. Yeah. We want to tell everybody how to do stuff and what they should do, right? Yes. I'm worried. So look. So what? Watch this. You on the job. And you worried about how things gonna be? You still talking to your coworkers? You know what they need to do is. Yup. And if they did this and this, mm-hmm. we bossy. We got directors. We know how to run a business. All of a sudden, whenever we worried about something, see they got they talking about cutting people pay. If they would just divide up the hours like this and give it to no manager, they ain't no good, they ain't doing a good job. Then maybe we could all get paid. Oh, when you worried cleaning the house and somebody decided to come eat in the middle of you cleaning or come dirty or something? Why did you why did you eat early? <laughs> why you don't use a paper plate? Why why you why, why you wearing so many? Why you did wash, I eat? Yeah. Why you wearing so many clothes? <laughs> what you should do? We got a lot of advice to give. I hope you plan on washing that bowl when you finish. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got company coming. You gonna eat right now? Right. Let Trey ask to make a grilled cheese before everybody came. In my head, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, baby, make your grilled cheese. That's the right answer. What? What Jermaine gonna think about a dirty black skillet on the stove? If you, if you make a grilled cheese. Forget, forget your hunger. Worry about what I'm worried about. <laughs> That's what we want. We ain't happy until you worry about what I'm worried about. That's true. And then man. when you get all worried about it. Then I'll be like, what you worried about? <laughs> as a statement that there's <laughs> a statement that I love that I, I give advice on the job. I says, you can't allow somebody's emergencies, lack of planning, or anxiety to become yours. You caught that? Yep. That's the savior. You can't adopt somebody else's worry and anxiety about what they're doing. The minute you adopt it, you just added it to ones you already got. So he said he wouldn't, the Bible says he would not put more on us than we could bear, but then we put stuff on ourselves. You cannot afford to adopt someone's worry, emergencies, or lack of planning and make it your own. You just can't do that. Now you over. That's a scripture to go with that, huh? Huh? There's a scripture to go with that. I, I don't know. This is good. It's a good statement that we, we talk about on the job. I bring it up in the group. Mm-hmm. Talk that's that's part of my problems. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. do have a problem and then they like my stepsister. Mm-hmm. Like, like to match it, like uh and you know, I'm working on the market if I got something. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of what I'm talking about. But they want you to stop. I need you to cancel your Bible study because I got a problem. Well, she just said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, just ask my house. <laughs> Let me tell you what my daughter did, right? So my son decides that he's going to play football. <clears throat> and he planned it out. He exercised, he worked, he told us what he needed to get his physical, got it all done. School started, my daughter said, I'm going to try basketball, uh, for volleyball. When? The same time his football trial is. What? <laughs> Don't that mean you got to have a physical? Yeah. It was what, the weekend? So she wanted us to jump through hoops to go and get a physical done. Her doctor's full on the weekend. She wants to go to a clinic. We got the physical the day of her trial. Yeah, but that's before we got there, though. Yeah. I wasn't going to be worried about it. I, uh, initially, what the, what the child wants is you go, oh, my God, I got to get her to the, to the, to the, to the doctor. How are we going to do this? You go through all this rain break. I'll let her figure it out. 
You know you need to get your physical. You need to figure out how you're going to get that. And he was really unbothered. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, she never asked. I don't want to help her. What can I do? You know, frustrated that she did wait to the last minute all summer long and say nothing. But Cliff was just like, I don't know what you're going to do. And in my mind, I'm trying to figure out how we can work it out. You You heard what you just said? That's beautiful. Because that's how you keep room to handle your own words. When somebody says, oh, man, this and this and this. So what you going to do? Hand it right back to him. Oh, yeah, this is what you worried about? Here you go. Uh-huh. What you going to do about it? You going to have people call you the last day. Man, I forgot to pay that light bill, man. And I spent the money. Can I borrow $100? What that got to do with me? Uh-huh. You forgot. So now you want to put me on a panic to jump and get money out without looking at my budget? And you need it now? Okay. Uh-huh. I was listening to Steve Harvey, right? Uh-huh. Steve Harvey was saying, no, no, no. It was uh, Bernie Mac. He was talking about saying they were talking having conversations about when they get a whole bunch of money. Say when you didn't have nothing, you finally get a bunch of money, all your people start calling. He said one time his, his brother-in-law called him and said, Man, I'm about, you know, man, I'm about, about eight months behind on my uh on my, my mortgage, man. About take the house. Brandon Mac said, I told him, he said, Well, you should have told me when you was a day behind. <laughs> Which made sense because I would have been paying one day uh mortgage, not eight. So when people come bring their worries and their they lack of planning and their closed mouth decisions, you can't just take it upon yourself and be worrying with them. Because here's the bad news. When you start worrying with somebody else about their worries and you finally help them take care of their worries, when you're done and you're exhausted from taking care of somebody else's worries, now you got to deal with yours. That's and that's when you feel like, oh, this is too much. Paul had to deal with that in the church, in the Corinthian church. What happens, people so happy to be Christians and share, he had to go back to the Corinthian church and tell them, he says, look, when you're talking about giving stuff to people, he says, I don't mean that you ease them and you become burdened. He said, but out of your abundance that there may be equality among you. You ain't supposed to be helping somebody and putting yourself in a hole at the same time. You're supposed to help, balance, and out of your extra, you know what, I got an extra time. I got an extra money. You know what, hey, who needs some help? I'm available to help. Don't go over there and neglect yourself because we do that a lot, right? You neglect cleaning your house. You neglect washing your car. You neglect going seeing your mom and your grandma because you know what, you're too busy helping everybody else to go see theirs, to wash their car, to take care out, to see their grandmother. And you feel good because I'm helping people. I'm working for the law. I'm working for the love. I fed the homeless, but your home got less attention. Wow. That's what we do. We put things in front of us, smoking mirrors. Work can cause you to try to make them take control by any means. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Work make you to get bossy. Our prayers move from being humble and thankful to being commanding. Lord, you got to do this for me right now. Now, hold on. You caused the problem. But I'm telling the Lord to fix it by his spirit. What man of spirit are you? Now, I know y'all read with them, 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 them disciples got all excited. Man. They wanted to cast down fire and brimstone on people. And Jesus said, what man of spirit are you? We get in our prayers. We, we go from, Lord, I appreciate you and I thank you and I give you honor and reverence. You, you're the Lord of all things. And then we move from, I just want to thank you for being you, the great I am. And then we move into, Lord, I need you to do something for me right now. 
I called in to work because I was tired and I didn't make the money, but I'm a little short on the bill. I need you to send me a blessing. We start telling the Lord what to do. Lord, you need to get her out of here. Lord, trouble them. <laughs> this, is, this is not Christianity. But that's what we do. Is we start telling the Lord what he did, how to do his job. We say, all things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. But I don't like what's happening right now. So Lord, I need you to fix that part because I don't like the way it feels. That's the extended scripture. The clip, the clip version. That's what we do, right? And we move into not his will, but our will. Jesus had a situation. He was worried in the garden, right? We all know the story. He was worried in the garden. And he had to go and pray three times because he realized that in my prayers, obviously, I'm not saying the right things. And got to the third time, he had his friends involved. Y'all can't stay away with me. Remember, Jesus got a little frustrated right there. People don't like to point it out, but he brought three of his closest friends and asked them to stay away. They fell asleep. They was tired. Jesus come back and said, man, y'all couldn't stay away with me for one hour? Now, I don't know about you. If I took you out in the middle of the woods where it was dark at nighttime and said, just sit right here and don't do nothing, what are the chances you dozing up? This don't lessen who Jesus is. I'm just keeping it real because that's what the story says. No, you got to realize they used to being out there. Oh, matter of fact, let's do this for modern day. Jesus said, y'all come out house, man, and sit on the couch. Y'all sit on the couch right here. And turn off all the lights. And I'm going to the room and I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. But just stay away. Yeah, yeah. After about 20 minutes, y'all be fluffing the pillow and putting your head down. Man, I'm just hey man, uh, all right, cool. <clears throat> Come back, I tell you, I'll be calling the hogs. So here it is. We find Jesus in a conundrum. And he's like, man, they couldn't even stay away with me. But he goes and prays and we get to the last part where he shifts the whole mentality. He says, not my will, thy will. He says, I need to stop worrying about this. How I think it should go out. How I think it should pan out. I just need to say, okay, Lord, whatever you got planned, however it's planned, I'm going to stick to that because I'm frustrating myself right now. But that's not what we're going to do. I'm not going to say, thy will, Lord. I'm going to say, Lord, help me. Help. Lord, change. get you to do this. Trouble her heart. The king's holiness is in God's hand. He can turn to whatsoever way he chooses. We start praying on people is what we start doing. That's what we do. So watch this. <clears throat> the habits of a warrior. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. I don't know why he said her name twice. But I was... Martha, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> he said... Here's what I like. He said, you worry and fuss about a lot of things. Now, did y'all catch how sharp Jesus was? He said, Why are you worried about this? He said, He recognized some things about her. He said, Okay, this woman always doing this. Look, the issue that we are complaining or worried about at the time are usually a culmination of many issues on our mind. It ain't never about that one thing. It ain't about the pot. It ain't about the toilet. It ain't about the load of laundry. Just like you read that woman uh, male at the well. Yeah, yeah. It ain't never about one thing. Ain't nobody gets fired from a job for one reason. 
Nobody breaks up out of a relationship for one reason. Nobody started drinking for one reason, smoking for one reason, doing drugs for one reason, started cheating for one reason. Ain't nobody started doing any of things for one reason. They was worried about a whole lot of stuff. This woman had a habit. Our anxiety will make one thing seem like a million things. One thing seem like a million. Because once you get that one thing locked in your mind, you start thinking about all the other things that might happen. And how things happened last time. Oh, that's what we get it, right? Last time, that's what happened. So you already know that's going to happen again like that. We psychic all of a sudden. But because we're Christians, we say we have good discernment. Uh, that's wisdom. That's, that, you know, I, I remember that. I learned from my lessons. Yeah, whatever you want. Do you find yourself worried about several things at one time? Yes. That's, yeah. most, that's most of us. Life is complex. It really is. There's a lot of things to worry about, right? <clears throat> Here's the outcome of warriors. There's only one thing you need. Mary has made the right choice. This is Josh's favorite part. Mary has made the right choice. And that one thing will not be taken away from her. Okay, worrying usually leads to you doing everything but the right thing. Whew, that's a tough one. See, worries are usually busy. Y'all, they're productive. They need to get a lot of stuff done, but they ain't doing the right thing. I don't care if the police told you, I'm going to let you drive 130 miles per hour as fast as you want on I-10 to get to California. If you take off going east, you're not getting that. You're driving 150 miles an hour. East. Wrong direction. Covering a lot of ground. Man, I done made it through Baton Rouge already. It don't matter. You're supposed to be going to California. But worries are like that. They animated. Doing all kinds of stuff. But what was most important was undone. Worry is neglect. The one thing that could make a difference in their lives which keeps them in regret. The one thing that could have really made a difference, they neglected that. They kept putting put it off. They put it to the side. You starving because you too busy cleaning. The priority is to feed people in the kitchen, but yet it's to not to, and I'm not picking on you, <laughs> not to make it look like it could be alien. Sometimes we spend too much time doing that. We spend too much time polishing up the outside, right? Making sure I got a good haircut, my beard is trimmed right, my clothes are iron fresh, but they ain't check your attitude before you left. Spend too much time on the outward appearance. Worries become negative and resentful of others. You put in all that work and now you just talk about it, you hate you hating on somebody. Look at her thinking she man, that girl, man, she ain't all that. And she probably got over it because she did dust, dust, and dust. Look at her. Look at him. Oh, man, that dude whack. He ain't going to be here long watch. We got all these predictions, these negative predictions going on. Warriors want to see others stop pursuing their goals and dreams to worry with them. You caught that? Mm-hmm. Worry with me, please. Stop chasing what you're doing. That ain't important. Worry with me. Warriors always talk about what they could have done. You ever got in a conversation with somebody like that? Talk about what they used to be good at? Yeah. Man, I used to do this, man. I was good at it. All the while, what they're saying, if you translate that, say, man, I ain't doing what I used to do no more. Wow. Warriors try to deal with spiritual matters <laughs> in a natural way. Uh-oh. 
Your church attendance ain't going to fix your spiritual issue. I go to church every week. Three times a week. I wear the best clothes when I go to church. I got the best shop. I sing the loudest. I clap the most. God don't have an angel with a clicker counting your claps. Look at that, Lord. They clapped 600 times in service. They shook the tambourine in service more than anybody else. He ain't watching that. We're trying to fix our brokenness through what we do. That don't fix nothing. You can decorate a pig all you want. Dress it up, put on a dress, put a lipstick on it, and you let it go outside and going straight back to the mud. That's why some people go to church, they look good, do everything. When they get out of church, they run straight back to the thing they had them bound up in the first place. That's why. Because we're trying to fix a spiritual matter in a natural way. It can't be fixed naturally. That's what warriors do, though. So here's the warrior, right? It's what I like about the warrior. She had a sister named Mary. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to him talk. Now, that don't seem like that's a lot, right? She don't listen. Why Cliff always listen to podcasts? Why he listen to Les Brown? Why he listen to TDJs? Why he listen? Why he reading all these books? Why? Why that don't seem productive to nobody? Because you can't see the work happening, right? You can't see the work happening. Why you pray so much every time somebody tell about you gonna pray? They don't like that because they can't. People say this. Yeah, pray, but oh man, that irritates me when people say that. I know I gotta work after I pray, but you don't need to negate my prayer all of a sudden. Pray, but no, ain't no pray, but nothing. Pray and leave it alone if you're gonna pray about it. Matter of fact, do you even know what I'm about to pray about? I might be praying for the wisdom to go and do the but. <laughs> but here it is. People find something wrong with it. See, the war recognizes the presence of leadership and gives it their undivided attention. That's the war. The war said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a lot going on, but this is a leader. And I'm going to give him my full undivided attention. That's what I'm going to do. That's the warrior's mentality. Because a warrior wants to be an expert in their craft. Whatever you practice is what you become good at. There's only one thing you need. Mary has made the right choice. And that one thing will not be taken away from her. Warriors receive validation from their leaders and their choices. Uh-oh. Warriors get validated. They got a backing. They leave and say, man, that's a good thing. You taking care of the household to say that my household take care of to please your husband, but if your husband ain't pleased with what you're doing, then the house successful way. Exactly. You're on the job doing things that the boss didn't ask you to do just to try to get the glory and left the one thing undone. Well, how successful are you? And then you get mad when the boss comes in somebody else and says, all that work I put in? Why are they getting the credit? Because they did the one thing that the boss really cared about. That's why. When I stayed late, the one thing the boss really cared about wasn't you staying late, was getting that job done. That's why it seems like some people move up the ranks quick on a job. Because they say, hold on, what is most important to the supervisor? That's what I'm going to focus on doing. Not a bunch of stuff to look busy. There's some people on your job that know how to look busy yet. Oh, they all over there. They're walking all over. And they ain't got nothing important done. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't be ready. <laughs> <laughs>